Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Right now, I'd like to share with you three things which I believe will help improve your life, save you money, plus make your business and income grow fast. The first is to call 1-888-844-4769 or 1-888-844-GROW. Introduce yourself and tell me how I can help or how far you've come from where you were when you started. Your story can inspire others plus motivate those who are in now or have come from a similar situation. Second is let me suggest the best of the best options available for your current business. I speak to a lot of people and I can connect you to the expert resource or tool which will get you the growth you want in your business now if you will just take a second to tell me about yourself. Visit bestbusinesscoach.ca forward slash help. I'll diagnose the exact thing you need to get you from where you are now to where you want to be in your life and business. Once again, just go to bestbusinesscoach.ca forward slash help and with a couple clicks, You'll see what I'd suggest you do if you sat down in front of me and helped me understand your current mental, physical, financial situation, plus the stage and status of your current business now. So once again, go to bestbusinesscoach.ca forward slash help, click on what best describes you, and only get the best you deserve. Your time is important, so help me get you the right tool, introduction, strategy, tactic, or tidbit of information you need for better revenues and save your time by needing less effort. Work smarter, not harder. I'm suggesting you help me help you work on your business instead of in it. Third, check out morefreemoney.com to plug a money-sucking black hole and save your business from disaster before it's too late. See, most entrepreneurs don't give their credit card processing accounts a second thought, but that's a big mistake costing you thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars each year. Money you deserve because you're the one who's done all the hard work you do to make the sale. The merchant industry is so bloated with fees, shaving half a percent or even a full percent can be worth a fortune to your bottom line. All you're doing is keeping more of the money you're already making. The other risk is having the wrong merchant account puts your entire business at risk if and when you hit a sudden growth spurt. Your merchant can decide to keep the money for eight months plus and shut down your ability to charge credit cards or even switch to a different merchant. Don't wait until it's too late. It takes five minutes and it's 100% free to find out how much you can save and make sure the merchant you have right now is the right one for your type of business. 
Be strategic. Set yourself up for safe, long-term growth. Visit morefreemoney.com to see how much more money you could be keeping from sales you already make. Stop your merchant from stealing from you after you close a sale and collect payment. Visit morefreemoney.com now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by a very special guest, James Shramko, uh, the founder of Sydney-based online marketing business, superfastbusiness.com. He's got a knack for business and lifestyle designing. He surfs every day and leads his multi-million dollar business without having to do a lot of launches, paid traffic, or joint ventures, or all the things you hear of other mar- internet marketers having to do. He legitimately has a seven-figure business and as well has mastered the art of lifestyle design. He's come here today to share some of his secrets with us. James, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, thanks, Daryl. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks. Well, I appreciate having you here. Um, so now I don't really know James very well. We've had a couple of conversations, and I've been extremely impressed not only by how he carries himself and this, the, the wealth and knowledge that he has, but of what other people say about him when he's not around. So, James, now obviously you didn't start off where you are today. Did you come from an entrepreneurial family background? Like, How did you even get going with the whole online marketing thing? I didn't know that I'd come from an entrepreneurial family background, but I had, which I sort of discovered after I became an entrepreneur. My parents were in traditional sort of jobs, and I grew up in a nice, wealthy sort of a neighborhood, and uh, life was pretty good up till the time I finished school, and I was probably a bit complacent. I didn't do very well in my school. I didn't apply myself. That's what the teachers kept saying anyway. Uh, But through a a series of starting accounting studies and then having to get a job, when the economic downturn came in the late 80s in Australia, there was a big recession and my parents had a change in circumstance and I had to go off and get a job. And I actually went into debt collection, which was a pretty hot market back then. Uh, It was my first full-time job in an office environment was doing telephone collections and serving summonses to people if they weren't going to make their payments. Wow. Welcome to to the 9 to 5 world, eh? (laughs) You know, years later, I discovered, uh, I learned a lot more about my grandparents and my great-grandparents, and some of them were highly entrepreneurial. In fact, my great-grandfather has got the closest business to what I have now. He used to travel around the world. And he used to buy and sell um, mines and precious metals. He had gold and silver mines and he visited the west coast of Africa, Russia, Japan. Mm. Uh, He came from the UK originally and he also went to the United States. He would buy and sell and travel and document, which is a lot like having a website where you have customers all around the world Mm. and you're buying and selling in different markets. I buy labor in the Philippines and I package that up and sell packages to the Western markets Mm -hmm. and also get to document my journey, which is more or less through podcasting these days. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot in common with my great-grandfather. That's awesome. Did you know him very well or? No, he was long gone before I was born. You know, we're talking a hundred years ago. Oh, so like a great, great, I guess he did say great, great grandfather. Sorry. I'm just saying because recently we had three generations in one room with my family. So I was like, that's, anyway, it was kind of cool. So, okay, so you come from a line of entrepreneurs and you got this job doing collections and that. How did you transition from doing collections into running your own business? 
I went through a, a pathway of um, going from the, the back end of things where something had already been sold and we were looking for the money to the credit part where we were doing the selling through to the sales part uh, where, you know, someone walks in and, and uh, you have to help them out. And I, I did that through the automotive industry. I mm. ended up having uh, a need to make more income when my firstborn was coming. And I got a job selling BMWs and that was when I was about 23 years old. And through that sales job, I performed really well and got promoted through to management and then uh, general management. And I was sort of at the point where I couldn't go any further working for someone else. And through my reading of Jay Abraham books and other business books, I got this feeling that, uh, you know, and observing my customers who were buying Mercedes-Benz at the time because that's where I ended up at Mercedes-Benz, they seemed to all have their own business. They weren't mostly employees. They were, they were very smart people. They gave me lots and lots of fantastic lessons about mm. life and business and I listened to them and we're probably talking about the top 1% of business society. And it became obvious that if I really wanted to stop this uh, constraint of having a salary where I'm paid by one person, where I can only sell one brand in one market, mm-hmm. I, need to, I needed to build a website. That was really what I determined. And through investigating a few deals with my clients where they'd offered me to come and work for them because they were very impressed with my abilities, I ended up forming a business and buying a laptop and getting the resources that I needed to start a business, but I just had no idea what that business was going to sell <laughs> and I had no idea how to build a website. So I started from the very, very beginning and this is about 10 years ago now. That's awesome. So, all right, that's a great, that's a great open loop. So you got a laptop, you're like, I'm going into business, you have no idea what you're going to sell. Like what next? What, what? Like what happened? What, like how did you figure well, out what you were going to say? I got asked to present to um, a customer's sales team because he was a financial planner and he said to me, James, you've bought, uh, I've bought so many cars from you. you you've really <laughs> um, got the skills and my team, they're just lacking these skills. Could you come and teach them? And so that was the money I used for the laptop. Now I had this laptop and with my ISP account, they let you – have this website builder software uh, or this ability to build your own portal on their internet service provider. And about the same time, I was looking for a Jay Abraham book for one of my sales cadets. And I went online to look for it and I found this very interesting page and it was put together by Stephen Pierce and Rich Sheffrin. And it was very compelling and I didn't understand about sales copy but I noticed some of the words were bolded and italicized and highlighted yellow and it wanted my details and it was going to give me free Jay Abraham reports and I was a big fan of his information so I entered my details and then on the next page it said that I could actually make money by telling other people about this free information and that seemed pretty cool and I got this link from a place called ClickBank which I had no idea what what it was. And I got this link and then I went and just plastered a few one-liners over my free ISP account portal page. And, of course, 
I sold nothing at all because no one was going to it. It, it, it didn't really have anything compelling about it. But that was my first introduction to sales copy and affiliate marketing. From there, I started trying to build my own website on a domain that I'd purchased. I bought my own name as a domain and a business name to match the business entity that I'd formed to do the contract sales training. And that was a huge process of trial and error. I I tried free WYSIWYG builders. I tried expensive software. I, I ended up finding like the um, Goldilocks version, the one that was in the middle. It was fairly easy to use. It only worked on Windows PCs. You built it on your own computer and then you deploy it to the internet. And I had a lot of trouble figuring out things like how to FTP a website and how to set email addresses and uh, how to make the permissions work for this and that. And, And it was really quite difficult. But eventually... I got a website deployed to the internet and the first website I made was a demonstration website showing all of the features of the software because I figured the best way to learn the software was to try all all the different things. So I tried the different uh, attachments and the different fonts and the different, um, you know, bits and pieces that I could use from the snippet library and all of these things. And at the same time, I was learning about search engine optimization. And I found that I could actually make my website start appearing for certain phrases. And one of the phrases that I started appearing for was the actual software brand itself because it was a demonstration site. And I did know about affiliate marketing by then. So I'd put my affiliate link and lo and behold, uh, at some point, someone actually purchased the software through my affiliate link and made I made $49.25. Thank you very much. <laughs> I bet it felt like a million bucks. It was a tremendous victory because it was so difficult. It was unbelievably difficult. And I remember unrolling the cables like 10 feet long to the, to the telephone socket and using this laptop on my lap while we're watching television and I put a lot of hours into it with no result and I feel for anyone who's in that frustrating point when they're starting out when they get all this information they don't know who to trust they're trying all this stuff and nothing works and the only thing that kept me going really was this idea that I'm not stupid like I'm, I'm a person of reasonable intelligence I'd achieved tremendous things in my career so it can't be impossible. It has to be possible and I've just got to persist with it. And I, I really, I'm sure it took about nine months to get to that point. Mm. That's a considerable amount of time and energy investment. And I, I feel your pain because when you're talking about FTP and figuring out how to get a website, that's, that's definitely my story. I don't know if it's anyone else's story listening to this call, but uh, you definitely hit some buttons there. So nine months of investment – you're up and running, you got your first sale, and then then what happened? Did you start, like, what was the next piece that you kind of figured out and started putting together? It's really, well, how do I make this happen more and more? And I taught myself sales copy, search engine optimization, um, how to structure articles. I designed my own sites using the tool. I learned about affiliate marketing I studied and studied more information and I just came up with this innovation of creating a bonus to offer people 
who would buy through my affiliate link to incentivize them. I checked the terms and conditions and it was okay. And I'd seen some other people do this for other products where they created bonuses. And I thought that's a, that is a great idea. So I wanted to, to complement the market. And so I created a guide uh, really when I was making these new websites. And I started making websites in other markets as well. I was going through a checklist and I pretty much called this checklist a cheat sheet and I sold this idea that if you had this cheat sheet, your website software can be more powerful. You'll rank better in the search results. you get more results from it. And I just started documenting the results I was getting with my search results, especially for the brand itself. And I'd screenshot it and highlight it and offer lots of proof. And I say, if you bought from me, I'll send you this cheat sheet. Just let me know you purchased from me and claim your bonus. And through that, I managed to get the sales up from one to, to two or three a month and then 10 a month and then 20. And so my income was going from like $150 a month to 500 to 1000 to 1500 to 2000 to 5000 and at 5000 I kind of got stuck and then I watched uh, John Reese's traffic secrets and just one idea in there was helpful and it was that you could compete with yourself so I went and set up another hosting account and set up a competitor site to my own site and started competing with myself, and that took it up from five thousand to ten thousand because I now owned two of two the main sites. Right. In that market. And awesome. then I was kind of stuck at this ten thousand a month, and my goal was to reach uh, my my salary, which is three hundred thousand dollars a year. I had to reach that before I could quit my job. So we're now uh, getting close to a few years into it. Uh, where I was up up at this sort of hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year of income from this business, and then what happened was I uh, I went to the United States. I went to a conference. I won a prize to join a high level mastermind where there was a million dollar plus entry requirement, uh, and I was wasn't anywhere near that, of course, at the time. But I joined this mastermind and then I started make, making good connections and I was doing some affiliate marketing of CPA offers mm-hmm. and I was really getting quite good at pay-per-click marketing and uh, blogging and search engine optimization has always been a strong skill set. Mm-hmm. And I started driving affiliate traffic and then I realized, you know what, I could go back to the couple of people I'd built a website for, which I charged three to $5,000 for, and I could put them on a recurring monthly maintenance package. And so I did that and that pushed me over the edge. I started selling that for about $6,000 a month and I had two clients and those two clients lasted seven years. Wow. So that, that was the foundation. And on top of that, I ended up building a recurring coaching community uh, also about seven years ago. And that was a switch from the one-time uh, affiliate sales yep. to selling an information product and then making it recurring. The the cheat sheet, by the way, sold as an information product by itself because I realized that the market of people who already had the software was actually bigger than the people who were going to buy the software. And then I also realized that the days are numbered for this software. As WordPress started getting stronger, I realized that I needed to scale up to a bigger niche. I was the king of a small niche, of a micro niche. You know, I owned the market. 
of PC-based software people who want to build a website themselves. But now my market is far more general. It's business owners who want to be better online and make more profit. It's far, far more general. Mm. And now I cater for that market with a couple of different services from WordPress website development because I don't think anyone should go through what I went through. They should never have to learn how to build a website. That's crazy stuff. Yeah, and we do search engine optimization because you have to be really, really good these days. It's a totally different game than it was mm. back in the old days when you could stick a few keywords here and there. Yeah. <laughs> and the coaching business, so I have two programs there. I've got the, the general one, which is very affordable, which has got hundreds and hundreds of members helping each other. And then I've got a really exclusive high-level one called Silver Circle where I work with seven- and eight-figure business owners. That's awesome. That's Thank you. That's awesome. I love how you progressed and I loved how genuine it was that you started small and you're like, yeah, I had my job and I was doing a couple hundred a month and I grew it slowly and scaled it and it was based on sound, you know, just sound online marketing principles and tactics, pay-per-click marketing, search engine optimization, content strategies, you know, building your link wheel. Um, very, very cool. So you've see, you've been in this game a long, long time. Your reputation, as far as I can tell, is very pristine. Not everyone in this industry can say that. But even when we spoke prior to this call, you definitely seem to be a man of integrity and very concerned, um, just very concerned about your involvement. I wanted to ask you, while you were progressing along this path, I'm sure you've seen a lot of other people come and go and flashes in the pan. Do you feel that there's like, has there been any big challenges you see a lot of people face when they've come into the industry, when they're trying? trying to market online, they're trying to figure it out. You hit on one right at the beginning, which is all the tech stuff. It can be really confusing. Um, are there any other really big challenges that you feel that people trip themselves up on? Well, there are. I think you've made a good point there, Daryl, is that from the outset, I always approached this business with a long-term view and with my own core values. I do have integrity and I do care for my customers. I was actually once accused by one of my bosses of caring too much. That was my crime. Wow. <laughs> and I also regard all of the services that I provide as being performance-based. If someone's getting coaching help from me, I need them to get a success, to feel valued and to feel like I'm doing something good for humanity. If someone engages our website services or our SEO, I want them to get a result. And I think when people come into this space, they're very vulnerable. They're super vulnerable. And not everyone has a heart of gold. And I think that it's easy to be separated from your, your money when you can't really have a basis to determine if something's good or not. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter who you talk to, whether it's a tradesperson or a mum and pop who are trying to run their business from home, they will have encountered shady suppliers or shady experts. Mm -hmm. So one of the problems that really affects people is this noise that's coming in. They've got too many inputs because they're on this voracious learning curve. They can't filter the good from the bad and they never really actually produce anything. They're always consuming and they're never creating. And if you want evidence of this, I would challenge any listener, install Rescue Time on your computer. It's free. And after you get your weekly summary, have a look at how long you spent on your inbox. And I can guarantee you that anyone who's in the novice phase will be spending at least 10 hours a week on email. Mm -hmm. 
and probably that on social media. And there you go, this 20 hours of the week is gone before you've created anything. What I really would be looking for from an advanced marketer is no more than five hours a week on email and no more than one or two hours a week on social media. And I'd be wanting to see more time spent in places like Evernote, ScreenFlow, uh, Keynote. That's where you're going to see a correlation between income and um uh, the difference between someone who's starting out and someone who's got it down pat. Mm, 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 mm. I love that. And Evernote, ScreenFlow, and Keyflow. And, key and Slack. You'll and see Slack. these yeah. tools yeah, 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 that yeah. people who are creating stuff will be using. You're right, because Evernote and Slack will be to communicate with your team and to create – well, Evernote, I mean, could be a bunch of things. but I think Evernote will probably be organizing your notes and creating information into little organized clusters. It's like a digital filing cabinet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Slack will be – that will mean you've got a few people in your team. You're not a mm-hmm. solopreneur and you're now communicating with your team instead of uh, people in your inbox. Right. Social media is really – um, a massive curse for productivity. It's it's an it releases all this dopamine triggers in us. We want appreciation. We feel the need for approval. We get lonely at our computer. What better than to hop onto a social media site and have a conversation with someone and feel like we're being busy and doing stuff and you know researching and getting ideas and asking our questions. But in reality, it is a distraction machine that that will steal our dreams from us if we let it. If you're not in control of your focus, then it will get absorbed by others. I love that you said that. That was very succinct. Um, very well said. I, uh, focus is so huge. So, so, so huge. And anyone that's trying to do anything online, there's so many distractions. It can be so easy to get pulled left, right, and center. I really love this little thing that you brought up, though, because you had the Evernote for organizing and, like you said, keeping kind of your 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 um, I don't know why I just had a brain fart, but your or your filing cabinet. There we go. Slack, so you're managing working with a team. ScreenFlow, because you're either creating content, recorded content, either for to give away for a product, to train some of your people, and then KeyFlow or Keynote, because that's. That's where you're going to make your presentations. That's where you're going to make your sales presentations from, your on-stage presentations, anything that you want to try. And it could be your teaching too. So that's a really good – I mean, I don't know who's listening to this, but if you're interested at all in being successful online marketing, listen to that again and take some notes because he gave some – I mean, already we've talked about a ton of things here that, you know, getting an offer. I liked one of the things that you mentioned was that how you start off with affiliate marketing. Um, and not even really knowing what it was, you just had a product that you believed in. And so you thought that, you know, you try and sell this thing. And that's such a great thing. Cause I think a lot of people, at least that I see, they get caught up with trying to make a product and they'll spend eight, nine months locked away in a closet, cackling like mad scientists being like, this is going to be the greatest thing the world's ever seen, but they haven't actually like interacted with any humans. Um, so when you mentioned that, I mean, it allowed you to not have to worry about the product and just having something that you already knew was really good. And then you got to master some of the really key skills for, you know, online marketing. But I mean, online, offline, it's the same thing. It's traffic and conversion. And so I love how you were talking about like how you focused on SEO 
which is very kind of long-term. Um, I mean, unless you get Google slapped, right, it's kind of residual traffic. You don't really have to do a lot as long as you, you know, you kind of maintained it, um, right? You get this kind of trickle effect of, of traffic coming in. Pay-per-click, it's just a knob. It's a dial. You can turn traffic on and off. You can go, I'm going to go get 300 leads today and go drop some cash and get them if you know what you're doing. And then I loved how you mentioned that you started with selling an info product first and then moved into selling things that had recurring sales attached to them. That provides a ton of stability, predictability, and just comfort and ease in your business for yourself. Um, it also allows you to provide more value for your clients and customers because you've, you're not having to focus on how am I going to be able to eat next month, right? You've got the sale, you've got them as a client. Now you can focus on really delivering and over delivering for them. And I love that. And then you talked about time management and, and just how when you're beginning and when you're new, you gave a tool, rescue time, a free tool for you to be able to go and track. And you'll notice how much time you're wasting on frivolous things. I love how you basically put email on blast. Um, <laughs> it's been about, two years, I think, since I've managed my own email, and I love it. I get one email a day from my assistant with a summary of anything that's important, and that's it. <laughs> and then you talked about some tools that they should be using and should be focused on. So once again, people, um, whether you realize it or not, I mean, James is dropping some real gems here. So please, if go, yeah, get, if you don't have your pen out yet, yeah, get it. <laughs> so, all right, James, so this is awesome. I mean... You talked already, and you even gave people kind of a, an avatar and a benchmark, something to grow into. Okay, that means why am I going to be using Evernote? Why am I going to be using Slack? Why am I going to be using Keyflow? So what are some of the other cornerstones of, of an online business, or what are some of the pillars that are – let me actually – sorry, I don't want to ask like seven questions at once. I can be bad for that. What are some of the other habits that you feel have helped you on your path to success? Uh, well, I'd say that working out which things are more important than others, uh, having the ability to filter or score stuff is important. We often hear we have to have traffic and conversions, et cetera, and we sort of it sounds like everything's evenly weighted, but in reality, it's not. Hmm. And if you look at the progression that I've just described, it really hinges around one key component, and that's what people should be focusing on, and that is having an offer that converts. If you have an offer that converts, traffic is easy to get. What's hard is when you're driving traffic and your offer doesn't convert, so you then that just removes traffic as an option for you and you don't have an offer that converts, so you've got neither of the two. really need to find out an offer. And, and going back to my original first offer that converted, it wasn't even about me trying to sell something. It was more the realization, hey, I've solved the problem that I had and I think maybe I could help some other people get sorted out too. There's probably a lot of people struggling like I was to build a website and I now I know the answer. I know the answer to that and I want to share it with other people and I'm happy to put an affiliate link because I really do deserve to be rewarded for helping them solve their problem and it's not going to cost them a cent. In fact, they're going to get more value if they buy it from me because not only will I solve their problem, but I'll solve their next five problems they're going to have when it comes to search engine optimization or you know how the site should be structured. So it's all, it's all based around finding an offer that solves somebody's problem that you can feel good about and that's where people should focus more on. So that really comes down to the ability to weight 
the decisions in, in the favour of what's really important. If you had to, if it came down to the wire, would it be more important to spend five hours on Facebook today telling everyone about the product that I'm going to do or that I should have done or I would have done or maybe one day, someday, possibly might think about possibly doing? Or would I be better to get on Skype and record something with an expert that I could then put on my website and help other people solve a problem? Because the answer is quite obvious when you say it out loud, Mm. but I don't think people are actually, they're not really tracking their activities. So that's one thing, having a meticulous uh, discipline of, of tracking and, and measuring. And the second thing is just being honest with yourself. If you can have a really honest conversation with yourself, the answers reveal themselves. It's only when we def- deflect the truth, when we don't want to look in the mirror, when we would rather lie to ourselves or not face reality, that's when we come unstuck. And you see a lot of entrepreneurs go through this where they really just aren't being honest with themselves. And and how many people have you heard say that they have A-H-D or, or attention A-H-D, deficit? Yeah. Like every single entrepreneur seems to <laughs> self-confess this. And I think, no, no, you probably don't. But it's a really nice crutch to lean on instead of being disciplined or having some kind of a routine or structure to your day. They probably don't have that. Maybe they're just lazy bastards or maybe they're just not willing to buckle down a notch to do what needs to be done. It's too easy to dismiss yourself as that. Maybe they could um, stop drinking energy drinks, limit the amount of caffeine, switch off all the artificial lights a little bit earlier, stop wearing sunglasses first thing in the morning and uh, go to bed a bit earlier, get a full night's sleep and really spend time away from the computer or all devices thinking about what result they'd like to have and how they would like to go about getting it and being more real with themselves about what their purpose is and then genuinely trying to help other people in a way that has full integrity for the long term. And I think a lot of the problems will disappear. So again, listeners, I already told you get your pen out. <laughs> if you didn't yet, you missed all that. And you're going to want to listen to this again. <laughs> James, I love your very candid, like even just the fact that you said maybe they're just a lazy bastard. I loved, like I squealed inside and I don't, not, not too many grown men can make me do that. When you said that, because no, not a lot of people are willing to say, like say you're the problem, like you're a lazy bastard or you just don't want to do the work or you need to work on your discipline. I love that because so much of the industry is all about the quick, the easy, the simple. And, you know, I do that, use that in my marketing too, but it's because it's what gets attraction and attention, but you can't be preaching that. You can use that to get them, right? You can use that. You can put the put the medicine in ice cream if you want, but you still got to make sure they get the medicine, that it's the real truth that's going to get them to realize what's going on in their business. I love how you've said that. Um, so, all right. So, I mean, you've given so many big gems here. When you... How do I want to phrase this? I guess my next question for you is when you're dealing with someone at the six figure level and you're dealing with someone at the seven figure level and you're dealing with someone at the eight figure level, do you see a milestone between them as far as 
the business owners, like day-to-day activities or focus or habits. I mean, you already said, like, you basically went from if you got nothing and you need to get something, maybe you're just a lazy bastard, right? Maybe you just need to be more disciplined. But say you have someone that's up and running. They're doing a good, solid six-figure business or they're in a good, solid seven-figure business and they want to go to the next level. Having been looked, having had the opportunity and the privilege to peek inside businesses at all those levels, do you feel that there's, like, I mean, even yourself, you've, you know, you've, you're, you're at the seven-figure level. So do you notice that, there's a key, you get what I'm asking? I want to know what the differences are. Is there a key difference? In martial arts, we kind of call them, well, we, well, we used to call them black belt techniques. And that's because you can learn fancy tricks that might work against someone who's new and has no idea. But if you plan on ever sticking with this sport forever, I was a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, fighter. Um, if you want to stick with this for long term, you like you want to learn the stuff that's going to work on a black belt and a white belt. You don't want to just learn the fancy thing that's really only going to work on white belts. So that's kind of what my question is. What are those kind of things that you feel transcend or help people go from one level to the no- to, to another? Well, one of the key differences is the mindset in someone who's running a larger business. And it does take some mindset shifts to do what needs to be done to grow because it's relatively easy to have a four or a five-figure or even a six-figure business. Like if you were a good website developer, you could make $100,000 a year mm-hmm. doing that for sure. If you're you know, a good book editor or um, even a lot of employees can reach $100,000 a year as a manager or in some specialist capacity. Uh-huh. So that's not too hard. But what changes when you go to seven or eight figures is the mindset game gets a little bit stronger. For example, you have to spend a lot more. Uh-huh. And that is difficult for people who, you know, like if you're a solopreneur, you're, you're doing the business by yourself, every cost comes out of your pocket. So you take $150,000 that you're generating from client work and then if you have to go to an event or you have to pay for something else, you've got to get work done by a graphic designer or your website maintained, suddenly your money comes back out of that and you're not left with so much. Well, here's the thing. If you're going to make, say, $2 million a year, then you'd probably be quite happy to spend a million dollars a year to make that $2 million because you're going to have a profit of a million dollars, which is a lot more than 150000 less fifty grand. So to put that in perspective, if you spend a million dollars instead of $50,000, you're going to end up with a million dollars profit instead of a $100,000 profit. So you make 10 times more profit by spending a heck of a lot more. And that's something a lot of people just can't understand. But if you break it down into logic, it does make sense. So you're going to have to get comfortable with a higher level of outgoings. Because even if you're Facebook and you're pulling maybe a 30% profit, they must be spending an awful lot. It's like more than half of what you bring in goes back out in costs. And when you have a seven or eight figure business, you're going to have costs and it's usually going to be staff, like employees, contractors, and it's also going to be things like marketing and infrastructure. You're going to need professional level websites and designs and you're going to probably have some lawyers and business insurance and maybe office expenses and better equipment, etc. to deck out your your studios. You're going to spend more to make more. Now, if we flip the word spend into investment, 
then that might help a lot. So we could say, uh, Daryl, if you invest $3 million over the next year, you should be able to generate $5 million in revenue and you can keep $2 million of it. And then we add the third component, which is time. And this is the other thing that is a big difference. Your small employee type six-figure marketer is going to try and do everything themselves uh, because of the first reason, they're going to try and save the money. Uh-huh. And then the second reason is they haven't worked out the mindset that someone else could do this just as well as them. So it's maybe a bit of ego or control. Uh-huh. They're not comfortable letting go of control. So you're going to have to have a certain risk profile where you don't mind letting something go in the hope that it could be done without you know devastating effects. Uh-huh. So... Uh, if you, you go and take the, the not all these sort of seven or eight figure marketers are workaholics. In mm. fact, the thing that I really stress with the people that I coach is the effective hourly rate, and that is a formula where we take the amount of profit per month and divide it by how many hours they work to get it. A simple example: if we make a hundred thousand dollars profit in a month. So that let's say we brought in two hundred thousand, we invested a hundred thousand to get that two hundred. We were left with a hundred thousand, and we worked one hundred hours for the month. Let's say we're doing a twenty-five hour week. Then we made one thousand dollars per hour. So that's our effective hourly rate. Anyone listening to this can work out their effective hourly rate right now. Even an employee, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year which is effectively your profit if you're an employee, and you divide it by the amount of hours you worked, which for most employees is 280 days a year Mm. times eight or nine hours a day, you could work out your effective hourly rate. It might be a small number. It might be $10 or $20 an hour, but that's a benchmark for you to work on to be able to measure progress. So you can even in advance, if you want to work out a business model or sort of see what your business looks like at scale, and you could even do this, Dal, you could say, well, if I hired uh, these contractors and I invested this much in marketing, this would be my cost base per month. How much could I generate in revenue if I was able to really go to the next level? Let's say I hire someone to write my book. I hire someone to market the book. I hire... Um, a website graphic designer and then I hire someone to assist me so that my main job would be just to work on the the content and doing interviews. Then you could work out what the revenue might be for the courses that you could sell from the back end of being a famous author and then if you subtract the cost base, you might work out that you could be doing substantially better off in terms of income and the hours that you have to actually work. So these, these are all useful tools that you could use. So just a little quick recap there. I think the main difference is mindset and someone running a larger business is going to be willing to invest more. They'll have a slightly better risk appetite. They will definitely be more responsible because the pieces get bigger. You know, you, you go from a plastic tow truck or, or, or sand, sand pit type toy into like, you know, full commercial equipment. All the expenses go up. The size goes up. The responsibility goes up. And, you know, like uh, Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. So if you want to take on more responsibility, you'll therefore increase your power. It's as simple as that. 
And these people will have the discipline to manage those responsibilities and that risk. And they'll usually be quite driven. There'll be some reason why they want to be doing well. It might be they grew up poor, which is a very common theme. Mm-hmm. It might be that they're just extremely passionate uh, from a creativity perspective and they just have something to show the world and they want to be um, to live their, their dreams and to be truthful to their highest possible self. And uh, they will, they'll basically be more straight up with themselves. They'll, they'll be really honest about what they don't know and they'll defer to experts to, to leverage an expert rather than to pretend that they know, mm, mm, mm. And, you know, continue ignorantly and, and deny themselves the ability to grow. And some of the most successful people I work with ask really uh, re- revealing and vulnerable questions. They're happy to go into beginner mindset when they don't know something, um, one of them in particular, he does about two and a half million dollars a month, and he asks me questions as as if he's the most humble beginner ever, uh, because he wants to voraciously bring in inputs from others, and he wants to stand on top of the shoulders of giants. That right there was such a. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words because I'm, I'm, there's no way I could say it as succinctly as you. That was a great, great, great outline. James, I, I get all the hype, man. Um, this has been a really good call. Uh, straight from the hip, no nonsense, no sugarcoating knowledge. I love everything that you've said. It resonates with everything that I've experienced in my career. I don't think I've dealt with the caliber of businesses you have. I haven't really dealt with too many eight-figure business owners, but um, everything you say just speaks really true with everything that I've heard of. So I guess now, I mean, we're almost at the end of the call. Is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't asked you? That's a good question, Daryl. I, I use that question as well. That's a, that's a, a key question to begin a mindset is being aware that you don't know what you don't know. Um, that's worth writing down for, for the listeners <laughs> for sure. Um, it, it, the other one was, is, uh, is there anything else? Is always a nice little flush of stuff. Yeah. I think we covered plenty of concepts. So my tendency would be to not overwhelm someone. I, I, I think we've given enough information that it's probably worth having a re-listen to. And I bet you that some notes will have been taken. My request would be, of the notes you took, go and circle the one thing that's most important of all the things. Because not everything I said was equal. Go and find the one thing that really tugs more than anything else and commit to actioning something relating to that one thing and that will have made the investment of time listening to this call worthwhile. Well said. Wow. Well, James, I want to respect your time. I know we set a limit to this, so thank you so much. Um, this has really been an honor and a pleasure. Um, I, yeah, I wish the call wasn't over. Um, I have a lot of guests, but I just very much uh, like and appreciate your style. So um, if anyone wants to reach out with you, if they really vibe with what you're saying, they're like, James is the man. I need some more of that. How do they get in touch with you? How do they reach out? What are, what are the best ways to get on your list and get involved? Well, I've got superfastbusiness.com. That's a good starting point because there's plenty of free courses. I do reply to my emails. I'm not hard to find. And uh, there's lots of podcasts. Uh, There's actually one called There Is No Holy Grail. Uh, That one is 
um, probably essential listening. If anything I talked about resonated here because it really covers the the secret that, that helped me a lot was when I stopped hoping that I might win the lottery or that someone would just gift me something successful. And when I realized that it really was up to me, um, that was difficult news to absorb, but also the the point where I was able to move forward. Mm, love your message of personal accountability. James, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for your time. I know you could have been doing other things. I know a lot of people try to get your attention. I know that the listeners are going to enjoy this. Uh, Guys, please, if any of this resonated with you, go check out his site. Go please get involved. Um, Yeah, my role here is just to connect you with others that can help you. So uh, once again, James, thank you so much. I really appreciate your your time today. Thanks, Daryl. It's great to be on the show. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better. And your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. Uh, You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.